Hello and welcome to the Redbird Report. This is Vedette Sports Editor Nate Head, and I'm joined by a special guest, Vedette Sports Reporter Nick Landy. Great to have you in today, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing good, Nate. Thanks for having me over. Uh, yeah, we're almost near the end of what's been a very busy week for you and me both, I'm sure, and we're here to have some fun and talk about some ISU soccer. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, you know, the big thing is, you know, you're covering the, the soccer beat this year, and uh, so I'd love to discuss some of the storylines that have emerged so far in their first few games. So, you know, kind of just working backwards, you know, through their season, um, ISU, you know, they beat University of Miami, Ohio uh, Sunday here at home at, at Adelaide Straight Field. Uh, it was a 1-0 shutout. Um, you are at the game. What are your takeaways from it? Mixed bag, and that's been the case with ISU a lot of times this season. Miami of Ohio did not enter that match with a win, and I was pretty confident personally that ISU could at least get a 2-0 win, at least get a couple of goals on uh, inferior Miami of Ohio team. So the fact that they only won 1-0 was kind of shocking and you talk to brad selvey after the game and he'll tell you that he was kind of really disappointed in how they came out into the match he felt like they were kind of sleepwalking his players were sleepwalking a little bit just didn't come out and take advantage of their opponent and try to get going early took their time maybe is what he was alluding to so it was definitely i was definitely kind of shocked that it was only a 1-0 win, but it's a win they definitely needed heading into conference play. Definitely. So, yeah, conference play is something we'll uh, also talk about towards the end of this podcast. It'll be starting up this weekend. Um, but, you know, before this Miami-Ohio uh, game, you know, they they beat – or no, they did not beat, but they tied Marquette um, on the road, a ranked team. I want to say they were 19. At the time, yeah, they were And um, teams, so yeah. it was a scoreless draw. You know, did you consider that a positive, although it wasn't a win? You know, not honest. I'm not really, yes, there is definitely positives, but to me, the negatives do kind of weigh a little more. If you look at last season, Illinois State in 23 matches only got shut out um, a total of five times. Yeah. And uh, usually, if they're in a tie, with they did tie a few times last season, but they usually were able to at least get a goal and put pressure on the other team to score right back in this case they get 26 shots total 16 on goal and they couldn't convert it to me you when you put that many shots on on goal or even just in general it doesn't really matter what the, the opponent is you have to find a way to score at least once you just cannot continue continue attacking the opponent like that and not find a way to score and that's kind of the impression i got from talking to brad after game you know it's great i get to talk to him on the phone after these road matches here and it's like usually an hour after the match and so he has time to process it and think about it a little bit and yeah he definitely felt there was definitely this game was there for the taking i think he was a little disappointed they couldn't at least get a goal against a very good team but with that said marquette right now is shaping up to be the best team they have faced this season a team that should make the ncaa tournament this year so there's just the fact that they were able to compete that well and even dominate at times an opponent like Marquette definitely does give you something to be confident about with this ISU team right so something you know you've mentioned already a couple times is kind of you know the lack of scoring production um, you know you said that they've only they were only shut out you know five times in the entire season last year I believe they're at um, four right now already through nine games um, you know 
is that a reason for concern? A little bit. One of the biggest storylines heading into the season was definitely what they were going to do without Lauren Kale, who was the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year last season. Truly a fantastic score who had a who was arguably the biggest reason behind that record-breaking 15-match unbeaten streak last year. She was someone you could rely on to get the ball up front on the attack and expect to finish almost every single time. She was truly a talented scorer. And really, right now, they haven't been able to find anyone to fill that really large void, or at least at least partially fill it. They've had players like Angel Krell and Kelly Zickert who have been able to get a lot of shots up and lead the attack, but they really haven't found their true main goal score yet, that one player they can rely on to really count on in late-game moments to get that big goal. And I think that is a reason for concern because I think that's something Brad would really like to have at this point is know who that true veteran scorer is going to be, who's that one player you can rely on in some of these tight games to get that big goal. Right. So, you know, I just looked and, you know, it's actually five times. So they've already, um, you know, kind of equaled their their lack of our games without scoring. So they've already equaled that entire, um, you know, number from last year. They've already done that through nine games um, already. So. You know, there's only they've only scored five goals overall. Um, you know, Sarah Lafayette has scored. Um, Angel Krell. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what have you seen from those two in particular um, that you like? Angel Krell. Well, starting with Angel Krell, she's started by getting a lot more playing time this year than last year. She came to the team last year after spending a little time at Auburn. So you already know that she had she has that skill set that's good enough to play in a conference like the SEC. SEC, excuse me. But she didn't get really any playing time there. Mm. So they had her come off the bench a little bit last season because they had so much depth and they wanted her to get probably acclimated with her surroundings. So now she's getting a lot more playing time. They've they've gone back and forth between starting and sitting her a little bit. But um, in that Marquette match, she set career highs in college for both total shots and shots on goal, seven and five, uh, respectively. Um, so she's definitely taking advantage of the time and getting um, – more shots up she just now has to really pick her spots correctly know when is it a good time to get a good quality shot or when she needs to do something else with the ball but she had a really great goal in that win against my ohio a one-timer set up by natalie von Lowe, who i'd like to bring up quickly she's had her first her last two matches the issues last two matches have been natalie's first two career starts for icu she'd spent the first part of the season on the bench and in both of those matches she's already gotten two shots each both of them on goal and she assisted and she was the one that really put that scoring play together for angel by getting through the defenders and then setting her up perfectly for that one timer of a goal you know that angel doesn't get a good goal there if it's not a good pass or set up by natalie so von Lowe just being of one of definitely one of the biggest new acquisitions so far and then sarah lafayette she before natalie came off the bench and started getting playing time sarah definitely was looking to be one of the top freshmen top incoming players for the team she had a really good goal against pittsburgh that one nil win against pittsburgh a few weeks ago um she's fun fact she's also the sister of one of isu's biggest cross country and track stars jd lafayette so she's uh you know she's very familiar with what isu has accomplished in the past with their soccer program and she wants to build off of that and be a part of that and i think sarah down the road is going to be one of those players who's going to be leading the redbirds in the future 
All right. Um, so taking it back now, you know, a few weeks, uh, maybe even three, um, you know, one of – it was Illinois State's first win of the year, uh, August 27th at home against, you know, in-state rival uh, University of Illinois Champaign. Uh, you know, pouring rain. <laughs> Anybody at that game, including yourself, soaking wet. Um, I, I got sick after that yeah, game, and it took me at least a couple of weeks to fully recover. Yeah, probably because not the, a coincidence. Right, because the press box is so little, and it's so tight space because you got so many people in there that I don't even bother watching from the press box. I usually mm-hmm. watch the games from along the fence near the, on the field, and yeah, I, you, the rain just came down so hard by the end of that game. It was Man. one of the toughest games I've had to sit through, really, just yeah. in terms of I the weather. can only imagine. We were in here in the office just like, you got to be kidding me, it's raining so hard. But, uh, you know, about the game, you know they score two goals uh one of the only times that they've scored um you know multiple goals in a game uh get the shutout um you know their first win like i mentioned you know what were your thoughts on that game excuse me sorry another thing i got pointed that was also one of the few times they've scored a goal in the first half this mm-hmm. team is not known for scoring goals in the first half the, a lot of their goals usually come halfway through the second half they'll usually enter the half in a scoreless tie for the other team and just let it be kind of like a chess match that first half see what the other team's doing then make your move in the second half but in that illinois game they did get a goal near the end of the first half to enter the half in a one nil lead and then they get an insurance goal from kelly zicker in the second half to get the win so obviously it's great for the program to beat an in-state rival like illinois it's the first time they've beaten illinois since 2004 in fact how and while illinois definitely has some very talented players you have to mention at the same time illinois is three and seven right now they are not having a good season they didn't even have a good of a season last year where isu almost came close to uh tying them you know lauren kale had a penalty shot that was stopped if she gets that in they probably tie at least tie illinois last year so um, Illinois, despite having some really great players, just hasn't been able to execute so far and become one of the better programs in the state. So I think if you wanted a really, truly special win against an in-state team, it would have been a lot cooler if they could have beaten Northwestern mm-hmm. early in the year, considering that Northwestern at the time was a ranked team. They made the NCAA tournament last year. That's a that's a really good team, one of the better teams in the Big Ten and I think it would have been a lot more special if they beat Northwestern. But that's still nothing to take away from this win against Illinois. You want to beat, if you're if you're a soccer program or any program in any sport for matter, you always want to beat the in-state opponents to try to get some of that leverage in terms of recruiting and try mm-hmm. to get some of those players to come to your program rather than that program. So they're still, I'm sure, very happy with beating Illinois, as they should be. I I mean, mm-hmm. don't look at, don't focus on the record as much as that. You know, Illinois is still the the school in Illinois, and doesn't matter what sport you beat them in. If you get a chance to beat Illinois, you're going to take advantage of that, and you're going to celebrate it. So definitely, definitely a mixed bag, I'd say. All right. Um, so you know, we talked a lot about the offensive side, uh, but I think you know we'd be remiss not to mention uh, the defense, in particular. You know, goalie Haley Smith. Um, you know, she. And ISU's three wins have been, you know, via shutout. Um, she's had a couple conference player of the week. Um, you know, what can you say about her play so far? It's been really fun to watch Haley Smith continue growing and developing into one of the Missouri Valley's top goalkeepers. The fact You already knew there was something special for when she came in last year as a freshman and won that starting job over a veteran in Vanessa Nystrom. And you saw the potential she had to help ISU steal 
some games. One of the one of the main points of criticism I know that at least Eric Goals, the previous coach, had, and something I noticed as well is that Haley at the time did not last year did not really know when what decisions to make and when to make them. If there was a ball coming her way mm-hmm. with a couple of players charging with it as well, she she seemed unsure at times whether or not to punch it away, kick it away grab it and it would kind of force her to get out of position a little bit and maybe potentially lead to a bad goal given up but here this season i've noticed her decision making on the spot has gotten a lot better she knows when to charge up and get the ball when to kick it out when to go grab when to go grab it in midair when to punch it out i feel like her maturity and decision making has just improved so much and that's kind of what has led to her um improving so much this season compared to last season and if you don't have her playing as good as she has right now who knows if ISU would even be doing as good have as many wins as they do right now because she's helped them win some of these matches right uh so one you know kind of final thought um that I'd like to ask you is um you know essentially a new season starting up with a uh, conference placed on Saturday uh, the Redbirds will travel to Cedar Falls to take on Northern Iowa um, you know, this team, you know, despite the, such a slow start, you know, many might, you know, forget that the Redbirds were tabbed as the uh, MVC favorite. You know, they were they were picked in the preseason poll to be the number one team. Um, so, you know, what are you expecting out of conference play? Anything at this point. The Missouri Valley is such an unpredictable conference in women's soccer, and that's something brad sylvie echoed when i talked to him after sunday's matches that really it's almost always up for grabs and he mentioned that a lot of these valley teams did a really good job in their non-conference schedule play even though they didn't have as tough schedules as isu had um and you know last year isu wasn't even picked to win conference either i want to say isu last season was picked fourth to win conference and drake was picked to win it and obviously we know what happened there isu went on that unbeaten streak and won it mm-hmm. there and you know just because isu has been picked to win it again this year i don't think that should mean they're automatically going to be a lock i think right. you can always expect uh, most of these teams in this conference to be competitive and to put themselves right in the thick of the standings and it really anything could happen once we hit the conference tournament just especially even if isu won the regular season championship that would by no means guarantee that they would find a way to win the conference tournament even though that would by winning the regular season tournament it would put championship excuse me it would put them in automatically in the semifinal round of the tournament for the conference so it's just such an unpredictable league mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone really honestly knows who's going to run. I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. It's going to be down to the wire near the end of the regular season. And then once the conference tournament hit comes along, who knows what's going to happen. It, any, everyone's going to be going for that championship because this is this is usually a one-bid league for the NCAA tournament. Right. And <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun it, to yeah, watch. It'll be interesting to see It's how going to be unfolds. very competitive, no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, so that's all we have today on the Redbird Report. Uh, be sure to, you know, stay tuned for, you know, updates uh, throughout the season. <coughs> Excuse me, the rest of the season uh, from Nick. You can follow him on Twitter at the Don1033. If I could actually point out one thing, I actually did change my uh, Twitter oh, handle. Um, last night, I decided to retire the Don moniker on Twitter, at least. I'm now really? at NLandy. 
1033. So N L A N D I 1033. You can still call me the Don. Oh, if I will. Want, but breaking I, I, news, you have heard it here first. Yep. The Don <laughs> is no longer on the handle. On wow. The, yep, that you can look at it right now. I'm you're pulling it up on your MacBook yep. and uh yeah, I just felt like it was time, you know, since I haven't been DJing at WZ I I had that name as my DJ name at WZND. Um, and you know, I haven't been DJing there for about a year now, so I just felt like it was time now to go to a different Twitter handle name and just use like my first initial and last name instead sure, of sure. the nickname. So okay. I'll still keep the nickname, but I'm just not going to have it on the Twitter. All handle right. Now. End of an era. Thank you for listening as always, and we'll be back next time.